workshop. Uh, tonight is the second in a series of five digital workshops uh, the Shorenstein Center is offering this semester. Um, next week we have the Essentials of Blogging with Lisa Williams, who's the CEO and founder of PlaceBlogger.com. But tonight we have the distinct pleasure of welcoming Pete Forsyth and Frank Schulenberg from the Wikimedia Foundation. Uh, Pete is the Wikimedia's public outreach officer. He began writing for Wikipedia in 2006, focusing on the history of his home state of Oregon. He helped found the Wikipedia Wiki Project Oregon, one of the strongest local associations of Wikipedia. Wikipedians which coordinates collective projects and establishes ties with local state with local social institutions. Prior to joining the Wikimedia Foundation staff in 2009, he ran a consulting business, providing wiki and social media services for startup businesses, political campaigns, and nonprofits. Frank Schulenberg is Wikimedia's foundation's head of public outreach. His focus is on broadening participation and developing the public's understanding of Wikimedia projects. Frank first contributed to Wikipedia in 2005, writing articles on early modern history, and quickly became involved with related projects. He founded the Wikipedia Academy, an event aimed at increasing quality in encyclopedia by encouraging contributions from targeted groups, primarily in academia. He worked with Wikipedia, Wikimedia Germany from 2006 to 2008 as a board member and then vice chair. Throughout his career, Frank's been passionate, passionate about providing understandable, high-quality educational content for everyone. Thanks so much for being here tonight. Thank you very much for inviting us, and thank you very much for your interest in Wikipedia, the encyclopedia that works only in practice, not in theory. <laughs> um, first of all, I would like to learn uh, more about, about you and uh, your experiences with Wikipedia. So, um, could you please raise your hands? How many of you use Wikipedia at least once a week? Um, 
until 2005, it was run entirely by volunteers. And um, it relies nearly exclusively on donations. Our vision is the world in which every single human being has free access to the sum of all knowledge. And that's not our office, uh, by the way. <laughs> uh, that's Google's office. Uh, so we're a very small organization, and uh, that's our office. So, um, and we're a staff right now of uh, 35 people. And uh, most of what's done on, on Wikipedia, uh, as well as um, outreach work, um, press relations, and so on, is done by volunteers. So uh, we don't edit Wikipedia, we just facilitate the work of all the volunteers that edit Wikipedia. And um, Wikipedia exists in more than 260 language versions. The English language version is by far the biggest one with more than 3.1 million articles. And let me talk about the impact of Wikipedia. So more than 60% of the internet users have changed their opinion of a brand due to information found online. And 82% of journalists um, do their research online while they're writing a story. So that gives you first impression on how much the internet changed our daily life and how opinion makers find their information on the web. And if you look at uh, the Wikimedia Foundation and its impact, it's how many unique visitors we have. We're number, right now we're number five. So it's, uh, these are uh, numbers from December 2009. Um, Comscore data, and as you can see, Google is number one, Microsoft. Facebook just, um, um, just went on, on number four, um, has been number five some months ago, and we're number five. So what is, what is the, the impact? If you look at the global traffic on the world's most popular information sites, okay, can you see that okay? So, I, okay. so the, if you look at the, at the blue line, you see that um, Wikipedia has more than 340,000 unique visitors per month. And next comes the New York Times. And then sites like Britannica, Wall Street Journal, BBC News, and so on, that gives you uh, a first impression uh, of how many people access our sites. And to give you an exa example of, um, of an article uh, on public policy, um, I chose healthcare in the United States, and as you can see, this article alone got more than 80,000 
views in one month. So this is December 2009. And you can see that on some days, this article was, has been viewed by about 4,500 people. So who writes Wikipedia and who uses Wikipedia? If you look at the age of people who use Wikipedia, you can see that this is uh, users Internet users who use Wikipedia, and this is internet users who are online but who don't use Wikipedia. <coughs> so what you can see is that those internet users that use Wikipedia are a little bit younger than those who do not use Wikipedia. And if you look at the educational level, you will see that there is a much bigger gap. So those people who are online and who use Wikipedia have a much higher education level, this yellow part. And then if we have a look at the gender, you will see this is a quite balanced picture. So there are as many men, a little bit more male users of Wikipedia than their female users. But now, if you have a look at who writes Wikipedia, um, it gives you um, a different picture. <coughs> so what we know, this is based on a survey um, in December 2008. And as you can see, there is um, a certain characteristic of those people who write Wikipedia. So they're male, most of them, more than 85% are male. Um, they're between 18 and 30 years old. Um, not only the users who use Wikipedia, but also those who write Wikipedia have a pretty high educational level. That's what you see here. Um, well, and they have more time than, uh, than others. <laughs> um, so I don't know what um, what's the the motivation is of all these um, all these people who use Wikipedia. I can tell you only my own story. As you've said before, um, I started uh, to edit Wikipedia five years ago, and at that time. I was working at a German university library, and uh, I used Wikipedia on a daily basis. Every day I, I uh, looked information up, and then I thought, okay, so I took so much information, I want to give something back. And then I started to, uh, to edit the German <coughs> Wikipedia. The German Wikipedia is the, the second largest uh, language edition of Wikipedia. And, um, I started with a small edit just um, to, um, I found a mistake and I clicked on the edit button and then I was, it was surprising to me when I, when I clicked on save, my edit was online, it could be seen by, by millions of people and that was, that was very, very interesting to me and I, I liked it and um, 
over the time, um, I started to I started to write articles, and um, what I've learned is um, I've never learned as much about a topic as when I started to create a new Wikipedia article. That was that was what was interesting to me, and um, at that time. Um, I wrote some some uh, articles in uh, academic and printed journals, and um, I never got so much feedback on what I wrote than on Wikipedia. Um, someday, days my my articles were on the on the main page, and there were thousands of users who who read that, of readers who, who read that article, and I got feedback, and that was that was uh, that was very. Very nice uh, experience for me. Okay, so now um, we will dive into Wikipedia, and I'll show you. I'll start with um, showing you some of the very basic software features. I don't know how many of you know what the recent changes feature is. Okay, good. So you find it on the left-hand side of your browser window. If you click on recent changes and you scroll down a little bit, you can see these are all edits that have been done within the last seconds. And if you if you keep uh, one of those articles in my, let's say, um, Star Trek. That's that's a movie. And if I click on recent changes again, and the, the page reloads, you can see how far this article moved to the bottom of the page. Well, in fact, it's no longer on this page. These are these are all edits that um, have been done while I was talking. So it's it's very fast, and this is this is like the heartbeat of Wikipedia. And you can you can do it yourself. You can try whenever you want during the night. You will always have that picture that it changes very very fast. And if we if we now click on div, div gives you a picture of what was changed. So here is someone, uh, a user. Here you see the username. And this is what that person added to, to the article. So you see the old version on the left-hand side, and you see the new version on the right-hand side. And you can do that with every single edit on recent changes. So let's take another example.
here's someone who just, while I was speaking, made an edit to the article Framingham High School. And here you can see, okay, the, the Framingham High School boys swim team have been Bay State Conference champions also in 2010. That's what, <laughs> that's what, what this user um, um, just edited. So now, um, let's, let's have a look um, at an article that has been about a topic that has been in the news recently. This is the, the article about John Murtha, and he's an American politician, and he, he died yesterday. So what you can do is you can click on view history. And that's a kind of recent changes for this article. And as you can see, nothing gets lost on Wikipedia. Everything is stored in the database, and you can browse through the history of this article <coughs> and can look at it, and you can see who made all these changes. So if you, if you click on earliest and you scroll down the page, just to the bottom. You see this is the earliest this is the earliest version of that article about John Murtha. And if you click on that version, you see how this article looked like in 2004, how it was started. That's a pretty good start by the way. We have some article starts that are worse. So, um, what can you learn by looking at the, at the history? You can see that this article was started by a user with the username Tazhedo. <coughs> and you can, you can click on that username. And then you are on, on the user page. This is what the user writes about himself. And this user is, um, his real name is Andrew Lee. Um, he is a journalist. No, he's not. He, he studied journalism, but he's, uh, he's not a journalist. He, he uh, works at the, let me see. I looked it up today. He's a visiting professor at the University of the South, Southern California. And if you, want to see how this article developed within the time period between May 2004 and October 2004. You click on compared selected revisions. And then you can see, could you please scroll down a little bit? And then you can see what happened within this time period. So that's what you can do with every single article. And if you have a look again at, you, at this history page, you can see 
how many changes um, were made since yesterday. So I'll go down. This is still today. Here it's yesterday. I go to all the 50. And you see these are all edits made yesterday. We're still in February. Older 50. Another 50 edits. And here, here you can see that nothing special <coughs> happened until yesterday. But yesterday, when it's in the news that John Murtha died, you see at 11.43, this was the first, the first edit. And you can, again, you can have a look at it, compare the select versions. And you can see, okay, here's what, um, what this edit looks like. On the most recent version of the page, it said this article is about a person who recently died. Is mm -hmm. that something that's generated automatically, or did someone write that? No, it's a user that's called a template. And the user put that template into, we can, yeah, go to the article. Still loading. So that's a, that's a template. There, there are other templates. There are templates that say, um, this article uh, needs clarification, or there is something, it looks like there is something wrong with this article. So that's important for you as readers to know uh, that you uh, better look at these, at these templates. There, there can be not only at the beginning of the article, but they can, uh, can also be in, in, uh, in the section, <coughs> following sections. To, uh, specifically to your, to your question, they're added by literally anyone. The same way that anyone can change a word, anyone that knows the, the code for the template can put it up. So if, if you as a reader have a concern about an article, you can put it up and someone else may take it down if they're more familiar with the policies or something. But there's no special file. What is the authenticity of, you know, it is totally depending on the volunteers and so we will come back to that question later. But um, so just to just to um, to reconfirm, this is open, so everybody can can edit it, whether you have a user account or not. Those users who don't have a user account are called IP users. You can see those anonymous users in the history of this article. If we go back, you can see here are different usernames, and here is someone who uh, edited this article without having uh, a user account. So there, 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 are, still, there are still some people uh, who send, we have a support team. That support team um, is uh, entirely run by volunteers. There are still people, people sending us emails telling us, Hey, you have a security problem. I clicked on edit and on save and I could edit that page. Okay, that's not a security uh, problem. Um, that's the, the openness of Wikipedia. Um, 
the last thing I wanted to, to show you is that every article has a discussion page, a talk page. If you click on discussion, you will see that there is We, we brought our own internet, so might be that that's why it's so slow. Um, so the the talk page is for um, having a discussion about the article. So you can ask questions. Um, you find a mistake, but you're not sure. So you can go to the talk page and can ask, oh, I, I think there is something wrong with this article. And that's exactly what happened in this case. As you can see here, the first question was asked in 2006. And there was someone with the username Abe Froman, and he asked, I condensed the AppScam section. So AppScam, I looked it up on Wikipedia today. It's an FBI operation in the late 70s and, and, and early 80s. And he says, I condensed the AppScam section because it was dominating the article. And then there is someone else who some days, some days later says, I agree that the recent version was too bloviated. And then there is someone else, some, again some days later, who says, I've made some changes. So you can see um, how people interact, how they communicate on Wikipedia. And that's very important. So if you look at an article on Wikipedia, it might be useful for you to look also at the talk page and to see what people are talking about related to that article. And now Pete will tell you a little bit more about um, how we reach consensus on Wikipedia, what quality means on Wikipedia, and other topics. Just a moment here. Okay, so uh, I've, I've just got preloaded some uh, some pages on here, so hopefully we can move through a little more quickly. Um, so I'm, I'm basically I'm going to pick up more or less where Frank left off with. It. Knowing, knowing those basic features, the watch list, the edit history, and, um, and the discussion page, uh, I'm going to explore how that looks in a couple of articles that I've worked on um, and sort of continue, continue to talk about some of the software features, but also the social processes that, that support developing articles. Um, so I'm going to talk a fair amount about the Columbia River article. Um, I was living in Oregon when I started edit editing Wikipedia, and I had an interest in the Columbia River uh, because it was sort of the, it's, I think of it sort of as the artery of the Pacific Northwest. It's um, it's it, it, it's been the site of uh, of major economic uh, and cultural interactions for about thirteen thousand years. It was a there was a major trading hub along the river. The salmon supported the native people. Um, there have been really interesting geological bits of history, uh, the Missoula floods that swept across eastern Washington, brought sediment from Montana out and, and created some of the uh, most fertile farmland in, the, in North America. 
um, and just any number of issues that I didn't, you know, I'd know little bits and pieces, but it was interesting to start to weave them together. So um, this, we're back here to the, um, this, this chart of how often a page has been viewed. This shows in um, last month, let's see, this is Dece in December, uh, the article was viewed just about 20,000 times. Uh, and you can also see over here, there's a bit of a spike. Uh, this, this tool that we're looking at is something that's publicly available. If you look on the history page uh, that Frank just showed you of any article, uh, you can find a link that says view page statistics. Um, and you don't really necessarily know why there are spikes like this, but often that will happen if there's a big news story that's relevant or something like that, um, you know, or, or a lot of incoming links due to a current issue. Um, you'll, you'll get a spike over a few days. Um, so I'm actually going to talk first about a bit of a, a specific issue, which is uh, the, a, a casino that's proposed to be built in the Columbia River Gorge. Uh, the Columbia R River Gorge is, I think, one of the country's first na uh, national scenic areas. Uh, if you've ever been out to the West Coast, it's just a, a beautiful area. It's close to Portland, um, you know, stunning waterfalls, etc. And there's been a proposal for about 10 years uh, for, a, for a nearby Indian reservation to build a casino there. Um, and, and I pulled this up off of NewsBank, which is a repository of news stories. Uh, and I typed in uh, Columbia Gorge Casino for what, whatever's in the first paragraph of the story. And there are only about 144 stories in, in regional newspapers over the last 10 to 15 years, um, which Considering the, uh, the impact that it's had, it's, it's some of the biggest donations to the uh, gubernatorial races in both Oregon and Washington have been from Indian tribes on both sides of whether or not the, um, the casino should be situated there. There are major environmental concerns. Uh, but it's something, it's just not, I guess, a really sexy story. It's, there hasn't been a ton of coverage of it. So I was interested to start to draw some of that information together. And so I, I built this, this article I pretty much wrote by myself. There wasn't too much else, uh, too many other people working on it. Uh, and I, I guess I, I found uh, 12 stories and just sort of summarized the, the narrative of how the issue had gone through different federal regulatory agencies and different political processes. Um, the, uh, the, the, the idea here is basically that um, you know, when you do read about it in, in those, those newspaper stories, they just come up every few months when like a new committee is doing a hearing or if a politician takes a position. Uh, and what I found through that was actually, uh, even within those, those newspaper stories, the bylines were changing. So you know, you'd have one significant story, and then three years later, it would be, for the same publication, it would be a different journalist was writing the story. And I think, you know, this is just speculation, but from reading the stories, it seemed to me that a lot of understanding of the issue was getting lost in those transitions. Uh, the, the most extreme example of that was that um, one story mixed up uh, the position taken by the Hood River City Council and the Hood River County Commission. They had opposing positions on this issue of where the casino might be, and they got it wrong, which, you know, if the same person was following the story, they probably wouldn't have. So to me, that's a, there's a need for this sort of narrative out there so that you know, even a journalist might review this as they're working on a story you know, that might just sort of be a one-off to them and maybe, maybe have a little bit more context. Um, so let's go back to the, uh, the general Columbia River article. Uh, this is 
uh, what's known as a featured article on Wikipedia, which is uh, there, there are various internal status, uh, statuses that you can attain with an article. And featured article is the, the highest quality. Um, out of the, uh, just to give you an idea of sort of how difficult it is to get to featured article, out of the 3.1 million articles or so there on English Wikipedia, I think there are about 2,700 featured articles. Um, so what what it is, there's a, there's a, a list of about seven or eight criteria. Uh, it's, it should be excellent writing quality, it should be comprehensive treatment of the subject, it should be well illustrated, things like that. And when someone wants to promote their own work, usually their own work, uh, for a featured article, they nominate it and then there's typically about three or four weeks where anyone can come and, and, and read it and provide feedback. And they'll be typically, even someone who's done a number of featured articles before, they'll still typically be a lot of back and forth and changes to your article during that nomination process uh, before it gets approved. So it's a pretty intensive process. I'm just going to scroll really quickly through this so you can get an idea of what we have. Um, there's a section on the course of the river, uh, discharge, geology, and then it gets more or less chronological, the indigenous peoples, uh, the exploration as Europeans are settling the western uh, North America. <coughs> Uh, and then navigation issues, it was an important, it was and is an important navigation corridor. Uh, deepening the shipping channel to Portland, which is about 100 miles inland. Development of dams, which provide irrigation, uh, hydroelectric power, um, flood control, a number of different features. Uh, and then ecology and the environment, the impact of, of various things that happen along the river and the watershed. So, um, here is, this is, like, like Frank just did, this is the first version of the article. Uh, this is from, back, let's see, when was this? It was, uh, I think it was 2003. Oh, 2001. So this, is, this one's been around for a while. You can see it's much shorter. Uh, in this case, it's also a pretty good start. Um, this, this person gave a, a, a reasonably comprehensive overview. Um, but there, there are a few things that, that I'd point out. Uh, this sentence right here, the Columbia is a great source of hydroelectric power. Um, and then the, the paragraph after it, these dams, like so many others in the world, come with a price. The one time the river was thick with salmon and the presence of dams has been one factor in the reduction. It's reasonably neutral, but the, by the standards that Wikipedia has sort of evolved to, those would probably be phrased a little bit differently now. Uh, also, there are a few significant mistakes in the article. Uh, there's a couple of typos in the names of the dams here. Uh, they're not in quite in any order. They're not, uh, not in the chronology of when they were built or the order along the river. Close, but not quite. Uh, and they actually, it says hydroelectric dams on the Columbia River, but interestingly enough, it's only the 11 that are in the United States. There are three that are in Canada that, that weren't there. So, um, you know, there, and I'm sure that wasn't done intentionally, but there are ways that bits of bias creep in. If this person came from maybe a US government background where they never think about the Canadian dams. They don't even realize that they're leaving out a piece of the story. Um, so next, uh, let's go over to the, the discussion page. Uh, this is going all the way back to the beginning. Uh, and I just wanted to highlight the second uh, discussion topic someone brought up was the tributaries. Uh, this person notes that uh, the tributaries of the river at this point were listed in the article, but they're listed in, their, in the order going upstream. The cities are listed alphabetically, the cities along the river, and separately the dams are listed going downstream. So it's just sort of a matter of basic consistency within the article 
And then there's a little bit of discussion about that, and people decided how to approach it and, and made adjustments. And the reason I point this one out is because uh, I want to sort of give you an idea of the interplay that you have between, you know, there, there are certain roles where someone with an extensive professional background in watershed management might be able to really do a great service to the article and write a section. But there are also a ton of things in an article that are just matters of basic common sense. How do we, how do we present this in a way that makes sense? This didn't make sense to me, how can we fix it? And the kind of interplay that you get between subject matter experts and just you know, high school students that are interested in a subject, the whole range in between, is, uh, is I think one of the more interesting dynamics. Oh yeah? I'm just wondering, it's interesting to bore down into one example, but yeah. could, could you just give us an overview of you know, 31 million articles, 35 people, just, just how do you ensure articles are complete, accurate, and biased? Just, just sort of an overview. Okay, good, yeah. So um, the, uh, the, the statistic that, uh, it's actually a little, uh, speaks more to that, is that we have 100,000 active volunteers, which is I think active is defined as people who do more than five, more than five edits per month. Yeah. Those are the people who are making all of the editorial decisions. We make none. We are recruited. What's their It's self-selecting. Uh, I think the um, there are a lot of different reasons why people might do it. I think ranging from what Frank described, which is similar to my story, where it's just it's enjoyable. You get feedback. You learn about subjects. Uh, you learn with other people. Um, but you know, I think more and more as Wikipedia is becoming. Uh, a, a, a more popular resource. There certainly there there are plenty of examples where like a PR agency will be working on Wikipedia on behalf of someone. Uh, that's not supposed to happen, or if it is happen, happening, it should be disclosed and there should be a discussion. But uh, that and many other things, there's no absolute guarantee of quality. That's sort of the this what how Frank introduced it, the encyclopedia that works in practice but not in theory. Right? There's there's um. There are many, many articles that turn out to be really good and really useful resources, but we certainly wouldn't advise that, that you should rely on something just because it's on Wikipedia that, that you should consider it true. Everything is in a state of, of flux and generally trending towards improvement, but there's also, we could pull out plenty of examples of poor, low quality articles. Maybe you can show the watch list. Okay. Um, that's important in, in this context is, um, how do people know that someone just made an edit to, right. to an article that I'm interested in? So there is, uh, there is a feature called watch list. So this is, uh, I'm going to come back to this probably later after there's a little more to build on. So, but, um, but basically, uh, in, in this watch list, I've, 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 I've identified a, like a number of articles relating to the Columbia River that, um, that I want to pay attention to. And so what this is, you remember the recent changes feature that's the whole of the encyclopedia. Uh, in this case, this is going to show me a list of recent changes only to the articles that I've specifically expressed interest in. And you can see that the list is much more manageable. There were two edits to that list of articles uh, yesterday, or, uh, yesterday, three edits the day before. And you see the titles of the article here. There's David Thompson uh, was an explorer. Vanport City was a, a city that was watched out by a flood. So if you so, if you have a user account on on Wikipedia, uh, most users are interested in a specific topic area. Let's say you're you're interested in in, in football, and uh, you, you you know everything about that topic. 
So you can go to whatever article it is, and you can add that article. Perhaps you can you can show how you can add that article to that feature called watch list. User is a writer. Uh, writer, yeah. So once you have user account, um, you can use that watch list feature. So if you, so I just clicked on a random article, and when you're logged into a, a into your user account, you get this additional button you see in the upper right that says watch. So if you click on watch, that adds it to your watch list. And whenever whenever someone makes an edit to an article that is on your watch list, you can see what happened. And there by clicking on the watch list again. All those policing Yeah. Yeah, and all those 100, more than 100,000 volunteers around the world click, I don't know how many times per day they click on their watch list. So they can see it's, it's nearly impossible. If there is a topic um, that is a broader topic, um, then the more people have it on their watch list. So there are thousands of eyes watching that article. Volunteer user? Yeah, volunteer, user, contributor. Yeah, or use them more or less interchangeably. And say I wanted to write an article about Mariana, you know, get it on there, how wonderful she is, and all that stuff. How does that work? So there, um, we're going to get. Yeah, we're also going to we're going to get towards sort of the the, the content policies and guidelines. Um, you could start the article, um, but the uh, the important is that. I think the important thing to understand is that it's not technical limitations so much as it's policies that anyone has the ability to enforce that, that keep it going. So uh, in this case, I don't, I don't know you, Mariana. Uh, you may or may not. Well, see, this is <laughs> so, so there is standard, the general standard, uh, there's a general notability guideline for Wikipedia, which is the um, a subject has to have been, has to be uh, covered in some secondary sources. There has to be something to verify the information to. And then there are very specific notability guidelines for certain areas. There, it gets more specific with with individuals. It gets more specific with uh, with musical groups. You know, there are specific standards for what a musical group has to be to to reach notability. And a lot of that's developed by the volunteer community. They say. Let's look at this class of articles. Okay, everybody who plays football for a professional team automatically gets an article, but not a minor league team. So things like that. Some of these users are designated as gatekeepers? No one's designated as a gatekeeper, but what will happen when you create an article like that? There, there are people who just watch the flood on recent changes, right? And they'll see that you created that article. And in some cases, they might say, this is clearly not notable. And there's a process for, for called speedy deletion, where something will just be immediately deleted because it falls under a certain category. If it's not so clear, they'll start a discussion. And there'll be like a week-long period where anyone can weigh in. So it might be like you didn't clearly establish why she's notable, but there is a good case to be made. So that person starts a discussion, and you come back and you say, oh, I wasn't finished. Here, look at that. Like, here's a link to this magazine article, and I've got a book, and here's all this other stuff. and and and. Meanwhile, you're still expanding the article too, and by the time the week is over, it's obvious it gets capped. And the applicant who actually wanted to put the article on, he gets that feedback. Yep. If 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 he goes to the discussion and participates, yeah. Yep. So then, what is actually a good um, parameter for making a recommendation? Can you recommend new articles or 
websites. Other websites. So there's 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 also a whole there's an extensive policy on what constitutes a reliable source, uh, and the basic core idea of it is that a reliable source has to have um, it, it has to basically have a reputation and have some clear editorial policies for fact checking and, and things like that. So generally. Um, you know, newspaper, well, academic journals, peer-reviewed academic journals are considered the highest tier of, of sources. Newspapers are generally considered pretty good. They have a reputation they're trying to preserve. They have an editorial board. Blogs generally are not accepted as reliable sources, but they could be if they have, a, if, if they have those attributes. And you'll get, and, and some of that has to do with like how controversial the fact that you're trying to cite is. So if it's a pretty uncontroversial Fact, then people might not object if you cite a pretty well-known blog. Where do you find these policies? Are they somewhere on your website? Uh, well, that's yeah. They're 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 in the website, and that's uh, if I could maybe get back to that. Because actually, I think that the problem is not the non-controversial. The problem is what the right. concept needs to be changed. Otherwise, that won't be controversial. Yeah. So how do you actually, you know, if you want to get it, something that potentially, you know, there's few sources, um, you know, is about how it's being framed, you're trying to, you know, modify the frame. Uh, it is a controversial um, uh, issue. Then uh, where do we get, basically, the, 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 the So typically what, typically what will happen, there, there's, um, there's, there's a process in, in Wiki, this actually predates Wikipedia to just Wiki software, other Wiki communities. The concept of, of be bold, revert, and then discuss. So, in general, on wikis, people are encouraged to be bold. If you see something that needs fixing, fix it. Don't ask someone. Don't make sure that it, there are lots of rules and policies, but you're not expected to have read through all of them before you get started. So, if you see something that needs fixing, fix it. But if it turns out that someone disagrees with you, they might, and, and you know, maybe they think that they're they've been around a little longer than you, so they just revert what you did. And maybe you see that and you're like, oh, I didn't realize, and you did, and you just leave it, right? But if, if you made a bold edit and then somebody else reverts it and you still think, you're, think there's an issue, then, well, there's something that you better discuss. And sometimes you'll get people going back and forth, just reverting back and forth and back and forth. Very quickly, someone's going to step in and say, hey, guys, you can't just keep doing this. It's not helping anything. You've got to talk it through. And so you have a discussion. And more often than you might think, at the end of the discussion, you come to some agreement of, like, this is what I think. This is what you think. Well, the best way to say is like, these experts believe this. This other group of experts believe this, and allow the reader to to sort of decide for themselves and be informed by both sides. Once you get to that point, it becomes more stable. It's it's much less likely that someone's going to come in and say, no, this is wrong. I have to change it. So it's a it's a process that you really kind of have to go through to really understand and, and have some some faith that it works out. But it it, it works. Much more often than you can get. But there's no mediator, not nobody from. Uh, actually, there are. <laughs> there are, but it's it's very ad hoc and informal. There is a formal arbitration committee for sort of the worst, most intractable disputes, and they're elected by the community, um, and they have a very uh, long and intensive process where they'll go through and look through all the evidence and talk to all the people involved, and they might block someone from editing, or they might block a page so no one can edit it for a while. Um, but a lot of that is handled on a much more informal basis. There's a committee of mediators that's self-appointed, people who say, I like to settle disputes. Uh, and then you can go to their page and you can say, hey, we've got something going on. Can someone step in? Uh, 
about that, so maybe you can, because I'm not an expert by any means, but I've noticed that there's there's templates that automatically <coughs> users will put in there specific things that cause biases, like wiki projects. So there's a wiki project that something has to do with gender, that the template automatically goes in there and alerts you that there's uh, that this is can be an ongoing discussion to alleviate biases that will occur in the article. So if you posted something that had to do with uh, anything with gender gaps or something like that, the, the user would put a temp a user put a template in there that alerts uh, you that there's a, a wiki project to alleviate that. That there's maybe an ongoing discussion. That right. So you're alerted of, uh, of those, those the biases that could be within there. So I'd like to I'd like to get back to this and just go through a few more features uh, and then and then open it up to questions for the rest of the session. Um, and I think I can. Uh, I'm just going to go through some of these pretty quickly just to give you an idea. And if you know, then if you want to ask more during the, the Q&A session, please do. Um, here's an, I just pulled another example from the, uh, the discussion page where uh, this is just like a technical thing where someone noticed that the images are displaying poorly on a certain page. And eventually, it came, people were talking back and forth and were using different web browsers and not having the same issue. And finally, someone just posted screenshots to say, this is how it looks. And then it's obvious. OK, we did it fix that. Right after that, sort of detailed technical discussion, we get this one, which I just I just really like this one. Where do you get photos of River Gorge, or of River George, it says. Where do you get photos of River George? My teacher showed us photos in class. I don't know where she got them on this website. And it's unsigned, unsigned. but I'm thinking that's probably a junior high school student who's, who's reading the article. So it's kind of neat that you get that kind of commentary just interspersed. Um, So then we have, um, here's something where uh, someone came along who had a, had a really strong interest in the steamboats, the history of steamboats in the 19th century along the river, wrote his own article uh, and wrote a lot, several articles about steamboats on the Columbia River and various other rivers, very detailed. Uh, it's a separate article, but then that made it possible for us to summarize this article and build a new section into the main Columbia River article. And then if you look in the Columbia River article, you see that that's actually referenced. Uh, you see at the beginning of the section here, navigation, see also steamboats of the Columbia River, uh, steamboats of the Columbia River, Wenatchee Reach, and these, these other articles if you want more detail. Um, this is, uh, when, when we got pretty far along in the article, we've been using a, a pretty low quality uh, map that was produced by the Army Corps of Engineers. Uh, it was on their website, and because in the US, anything produced by a federal agency is automatically in the public domain. It's copyright free. We were using that, that map for a while. But as we went more and more, we realized it had some inaccuracies. It was very focused on federal, not, not complete inaccuracies, but its original purpose was to focus on the dams that they operated, not all the dams on the system. So someone actually knew there's a professional cartographer. Uh, who's, I think, in Washington, DC, who makes his services available on Wikipedia. It says, if you have a map you need made, let me know and I'll make one for you. So we spec'd it out. We said, these are the dams we want. And someone provided him a list. And someone else provided something else. And he made this really kind of incredible map 
And then someone else went through and detailed every one of the numbers on here. They're color coded according to whether they're um, whether it's publicly owned, privately owned, and then linked to the articles on the specific dams with the number referenced here. So that's a good example uh, to show you that there are different roles on Wikipedia. There are not only people who uh, do copy editing or uh, who write new articles, but there are also people who contribute photos, who uh, provide that kind of expertise uh, to create maps and so on. There, there are a large number of, or people who are in, in the arbitration committee and, uh, uh, and, and who help uh, with their knowledge and, and uh, mediation. So um, in, in general, uh, the, the principle is that anything needs to be either in the public domain or uh, copyleft licensed so that it can be reused uh, in other places. And that's actually very important <coughs> to the Wikimedia Foundation's mission because we're really not in the business of producing a website. As it happens right now, at this point in history, the main thing that people see is a website. But we're also very concerned about reaching people in far reaches of the world where they may have never heard of a computer. So um, it's very important that, uh, that Wikipedia and related projects be, have a legal status where someone can print a book out of them or make a CD version of it. Uh, we, we want other organizations, other people to be reproducing in that way. So you could, e you could even use it um, <coughs> for, for making money out of it. If you want to, to, to print, print a book and, and, and sell it, you can take uh, all that, that content. You can take all the maps, all the photos, all the texts, and, and, and use it for whatever you want. Our mission is to disseminate all, the, all this information. Uh, so everything you find on Wikipedia is under a free license. Can you say something about the, how the power is organized? Is, it, there, is there a grading system among these users, or any type of hierarchy, uh, where some users are more influential than other ones? Or? So there are, let's see if I can, uh, I have a, a page dedicated to that. Let me see if we can get to that. Yeah, okay. So there, there, are, um, there are ways that you can see sort of a summary of what other users have done. So you, um, there, there's, there, there is, the short answer to your question is no. There is no formal hierarchy. Um, but when you're in a contentious dispute, uh, a lot of times people will look at each other and see what, what's their history. So in this case, I just pulled up mine, uh, and it gives you this pie chart, just of a distribution of what I've worked on. This big red area is our, uh, edits to articles. Uh, the green area is edits to the, uh, the discussion pages of articles. Um, and then uh, yellow is, is user profile page. Uh, and then pink is discussion pages for, for a user, so like talk to other people. This will give you sort of an idea of like what your history is, plus the raw numbers, how many edits has someone made. Um, this is by time. And then it goes, goes down and it'll show you, uh, like these are the articles that I've worked on the most. And these are the talk pages I've edited the most. So one thing that'll emerge from that is something that's referred to as a single purpose account. Single purpose account won't really have a lot of credibility in a, in a discussion because that's, that's someone who basically, like they only edit one article. They haven't established that they're there 
uh, it, you know, to someone else, it, it, it looks like they're not there because they value the research, resource, they're there because they're pushing an agenda. And they'll be sort of regarded that way by other contributors. In most cases, it's like you look at your watch list, you look at the topics you're interested in, and you see the edits, and you see the, the edit of someone else, and you see, oh, that was a huge improvement. And in your mind, that uh, adds some credibility to, to that user. And so after some time, the longer you are on Wikipedia, the more other users, the more other authors uh, do you know. Yeah, exactly. So let's say I want to start a new page. There's no page for what I want to see, and I want to add something. How do I do that? Um, let's see. The, um, uh, there, there are several ways to do it, um, but one, let's see, let me get back to, I knew I was going to confuse myself if I went out of order. Um, I'm going to just do a, just uh, show you a really, uh, just real quickly, I'm going to show you uh, editing a section here. So I'm going to go back to the Columbia River section. And let's say that um, in the, the course section, there's a tributary that is a major tributary that for some reason no one else had put in. So you click on, I'm going to click on the edit button just for this section, which is kind of a more manageable way of looking at it than editing the entire article. Uh, and let's just, I'm just going to click somewhere kind of random in here. Uh, turn sharply from the northwest to south at the Big Bend in Canada. And after that comma, I'm going to say uh, receiving the, uh, the St. John's tributary. Okay, so I just put in the text. And then to make a link, the code for that is just putting in square brackets around both sides of it. Now I'm going to preview this edit. And what we see, you see, what, oh, of course I chose something that's a very common, that's not um, um, I'm going to just put in some random text here and preview again. So, so in general, um, if if you're putting in something that doesn't exist, it's a red link instead of a blue link. So everything that you see on Wikipedia, which is blue, you can click on it, and that article already exists. If you click on a red link. So you see here, um, I, I just put in some random text. If you click on that red link, you can start that article. So now, and it even tells you, it gives you a little sort of a, a brief bit of instruction here. It says, before creating an article, please read this thing on your first article. It'll tell you about sort of some common mistakes. Um, you can also search for an existing article uh, that might be under a different title about the same thing. So it gives you kind of some pointers. But this is only because you have access. Nope. That's, anyone can do, you do, I believe, need an account to make a new article. Mm -hmm. But it can be, you, you can make an account right now and write a new article. And that is just going to get back to what we discussed earlier, where it's, if, if it's on something that doesn't rise to the right level of notability, someone's going to delete it pretty quickly. But, but um, this, so what you're basically doing here is ensuring that it 
an article begin by it, like it, it not be completely isolated. It's literally not. Mm -hmm. There are ways to create one that's completely isolated, but you're exactly right, and that's the strongly encouraged way of doing it. Is you know sort of to have it be integrated. We are trying to build something that's a cohesive whole. I guess the question I have about this is I imagine that some of the people who write these entries go ahead and do some journalistic things, like they might call up places to try to get information to make their entries better or whatnot. And I'm just curious whether you know whether, do you have users who are generating content that actually call up places sort of and say, I'm doing something for Wikipedia? Like, do you have policies around that? Um, the, the, the general policy that guides that is that Wikipedia is not a place for original research. Um, that it's that basically it's it, it, it needs to include only information that's been published somewhere else. So there there may be cases I've certainly done that called someone up when you as an expert, but it's more to get a sense of how to approach a subject uh, and, and maybe to get a, a referral to a source that I didn't know existed. Um, so you'll actually find you probably noticed in higher quality Wikipedia articles, especially on a controversial subject, nearly every sentence will have a citation to it. And that's, that's sort of the way that, you know, if you're using it for research, you can check any, any fact that you find in there. What are some of the telltale signs of it being done with an agenda by a PR agency, something like that? Uh, that's, that's an excellent question. Um, I, I think it would be uh, kind of uh, tough to really give a thorough answer in the scope of what we're doing here, but I think, but some of like knowing how to look at the article history, seeing how many people have contributed to it, being able to look at their contribution history, see what kinds of articles they've worked on, uh, see whether they've been blocked for editing. Um, those are that's that's one kind of approach. Uh, another is looking at if, if something is heavily cited, actually clicking through to the links in, in a few places and making sure that they actually do support the fact that's stated on the so if something's red, is that something that the editors, the volunteers, will pick up on and wipe out if it doesn't have an article associated? No, actually, it's kind of the opposite. It's uh, it's actually encouraged to put in red links for something that is notable, it's sort of, and, and that's a cue. Uh, there's there's sort of a, a general desire to have there be sort of visual cues that this is a work in progress and there is stuff you can do. So actually, even in the uh, the Columbia River article, um, I'm a little bit more uh, probably. About this than uh, some other people, but I, I like to really make sure that there are a few red links in in any article, even a, even a high quality one. And in this one, so there's like you know there's an important part of the navigation channel that's you know certain dams that are there that's received a lot of news coverage. I haven't gotten around to re writing an article yet, but you know leave a red link and let and, and encourage someone else to do this. But, but one question: uh, but uh, making a link with, a, with another uh, page. Uh, assumes that that uh, information is you know, published online and it exists online somewhere. How about if it's a link or the reference is to you know some decision which you know may exist in a court but may not be you know lying online somewhere? So it does, there there is no requirement that a reference be online. Um, there's actually like if you look at the uh, the references section here that. So actually, I'll, I'll click on one of these citations here. Uh, this, this 164 this is a footnote. If you click on it, it takes you down there. Uh, and you'll see that most, but not all of these, have, uh, have the blue, you know, have a link that you can click on. So this 165 here 
this is a book. It does have some, some links in it, but that's just the ISBN number that would be helping finding the book in the library. Um, so it's, there's, there's no requirement that something be online. Obviously, it's a service computer if it is, but it doesn't. It has to be verifiable by someone else. But that might mean that they go to a library. That might mean that they go to a bookstore. You're talking about you have two So if you just go to wikipedia.org, uh, the, the, the main page, it, this will actually give you uh, an opportunity to find any one of the languages. And they're listed sort of in order of descending size. So this big circle up at the top, these are the very biggest ones, English, French, German, Italian. Uh, these are, I think all of these are over about 500,000 articles, more or less. But then you go down here. You see the next section is languages with 100,000 or more articles. The next section is with 10,000 or more. Uh, and then you see there's a section here with 100 or more. So um, some of them are very small. And whatever article you, you look at, if you go back to internal articles, um, just a random article. So if you, if you look at, go down a little bit. No, okay, this. Oh, you look for the, the language. Well, let's go. Let's do Columbia. That's. Yeah. You'll. Uh, so if if you here you, you can see in which other languages uh, the article exists. Uh, if there is no reference, the article uh, needs to be started in that language. And there's actually there are different communities obviously working in all different languages. There's no like formalized system for translating or making sure that things you know, are consistent among languages. But lots of people do things in small ways. I'll just click on the French version, which I'm somewhat familiar with. And you can see it's a much shorter article. I mean, the Columbia River isn't in France, so it kind of makes sense. But, it's, but I actually made a point of putting some of the better graphics that we developed. I know a little bit of French, so I was able to at least get that much in there. self-published sources versus yeah. secondary. Um, it's, it's, it's generally, it's a judgment call. It's, um, it's uh, in any case like that, it's, there, there are guidelines around what constitutes a reliable source, but it's up to the people editing that article to interpret it for that. So if it's a fairly uncontroversial fact, but nobody else has published it, like just the number of federal dams you know, in the Pacific Northwest, probably going to take the Department of Energy's word for it, right? Why would they be lying about it? But if it's controversial, that might not be good enough. Well, like, Wikipedia has no way of knowing whether or not it's the Department of Energy, right? Because well, it's just a username, because I... No, 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 I'm sorry. So my, I was, my understanding of your question is you're, you're saying a reference to, like, a web page of the Department of Energy on their website or a pamphlet. I work with the Department of Energy, and I want to be an article around... Right. Publish it on your own website and then reference it to Wikipedia. <laughs> um, if I'm interested in writing a specific subject, that I'm, it's a, maybe a sub-subject or something else, um, and I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to have a good stab at it and getting it started and getting it going, 
but I really want to engage other people who may know more or know different things about it. How do I reach out to those communities? Okay. Yeah, so this is, this is something we referred to uh, briefly earlier, but the concept of a wiki project is, uh, is basically, it's an informal grouping of people who share an interest on a certain subject. So uh, the, the page that I had uh, pulled up, I'm just going to type it in again. I'm losing track of my tabs. Um, but, uh, so wiki project Oregon, it, can, it doesn't have to be geographic, that's just the, the one that I've Work with the most, but there, there'd be wiki pro project physics, wiki project journalism, uh, any subject matter where people have a shared interest. Uh, you can build pages. You see how at the top here it says Wikipedia at the beginning. Uh, this this prefix indicates that it's not part of the body of work of the encyclopedia. Uh, when earlier when we were looking at discussion pages, those also they'll have a prefix of talk. Um, so this is a collaboration space. This is a place to organize work. And within this, um, you'll see various subpages. So there's About Us, uh, which sort of describes the project. There's a place for people to introduce themselves, write a paragraph or so about their interests. Um, and then every wiki project has its own discussion page, like, just like an article or a person has a discussion page. So if you're working on something relating to the Columbia River, and maybe you live in British Columbia, and you realize it's getting into, you have a question, you don't know how things are in Oregon, you might go to the Wiki Project Oregon page and put a note at the bottom asking. And, you're, and that's going to be exposed to a wider audience than just the few people who might be watching that one article that you're working on. But right now you know what you're looking for, and assuming that I don't know what I'm looking yeah. for, how, how do I get to the point that you're at right now? Uh, Are there some tools? Because if I just do a search within Wikipedia, I'm not going to get to that point. It's it, it, it's it's a bit of a jungle. It's, okay. uh, it, it takes some 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 learning, and there are no there, like even within wiki projects, different ones will organize things in different ways. And unfortunately, there are lots of cases where someone started a wiki project when they were really excited one day, and then nothing ever happened with it. But the page is still there, and it still looks like okay. there's something active going on. So I mean, you know, a part of the answer is that there is no good answer, unfortunately. But um, we're we're actually uh, this. Good time to talk about the public policy. So one of the, the, the things, actually, that our first contact with Harvard here uh, is that Frank and I are developing a pilot program for improving a certain subject area. Um, and in this case, we're, we're looking to work with professors at different universities around the country, focusing on public policy uh, and incorporating uh, Wikipedia contributions into their students' coursework. So that maybe in addition to writing some papers, the student engages with writing some stuff on Wikipedia and reports back on how that went and what kind of feedback they got. Um, so one of the reasons that we want to do this is that a big part of how people learn that sort of thing is by teaching each other. And we want to make an effort to, to teach some students and some professors who might be in a position to then continue to, to teach other people and establish a model for, for doing that. We're also, we have another initiative called the Bookshelf Project, which is uh, writing some formal documentation, right? making videos and uh, pamphlets and booklets that describe different aspects. Because we, we know that um, most people who uh, want to help don't know how. So that's exactly your question. I'm interested, I want to help, I have specific knowledge in that topic area, but I don't know where to start. And that's, uh, that's the project, our, our bookshelf project, that's our internal name to create educational materials that tell people uh, how, they can, how they can help Wikipedia.
which is just just a, an opportunity to ask for some feedback, and then it went through the feature article. So you can click on, you can actually see the version of it that, that went through that process. And then below here you have these um, listing of wiki projects that have expressed interest in that article. So this is an important way to figure out who you can get in touch with. For each one of these, again, if you click on show, it gives you a little more information. So Wiki Project Canada, British Columbia, uh, considers it a featured article, quality article, and it's of mid-importance to that project. Uh, where is that part? Could you just go How to get to this? Yes. So this, so going from the article, when you're on any article, if you click on discussion, which is the second tab over, then that's, uh, that's the talk page or the discussion page, the terms are interchangeable. And it's up at the top. It's not on every single article. You won't always find this, but on most of the bigger, more developed articles, you will. Um, I noticed that um, PDSRs take donations recently. So I'm wondering how heavily you rely on donations and what your other sources are coming from. Um, so, what the other sources are. So, uh, how heavily we rely on, on, on donations. So um, our yearly budget for this year is, I think it's about $7 million. Uh, so if you compare that to what budget Google or other companies have, it's a very, very small amount. And that's what, that's the, 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 the biggest part of, uh, our, of what we get uh, in, terms of, in terms of money. If you look at these, uh, at these uh, donations, you will see that it's not huge donations, but it's here. Here's our fundraiser statistic. Um, so so for for the last uh, two years, I think three three years actually. Three years. So we have there been there's been a formal fundraiser, sort of along the lines of how National Public Radio does it, where we'll, we'll have a period of about uh, two months around the holidays where we we have a banner at the top of the site soliciting donations, and what you see is the first. So three years ago, this is the blue bars. Uh, this is day by day how many donations came in. Uh, and then the second year is the green bars. And then the third year, the, the pink ones is this year. And what, and, and what we have, like this, this year, we brought in uh, about, let's see, go to the end of it. We brought in about 8 million. It came uh, in how many? I'm having a hard time reading this. The average donation was about $33. Um, so we get, like, in some cases, and it's actually, people comment, leave a comment when they uh, make a donation, and often it'll be something like, you know, this is, I, I'm in, like, rural Nigeria, and this is, a, I know this is a tiny amount by your standards, but it represents a week's salary for me, but it's worth it because I Wikipedia. So it's, we, we, really, we really like the fact that our, Donor base is very broad, and that we're not beholden to anyone. We do we do receive grants for specific program developments from foundations, but uh, that's a, sm a much smaller source of funding. I think I read in the news recently that that someone in Germany was upset because a name had been published on the German Wikipedia site of an of someone who had. Who had, who had served time for a crime and then been released, and apparently in Germany you don't release the name of that person after they've served their time. So the question is about freedom of speech, in, as it applies to Wikipedia, if you're operating in, if it's in different languages, who's, 
Who decides so how free it is? I think it's. I think the general answer is that Wikipedia is, and this is very closely tied to the fact that we're not an editorial board. Wikipedia is a publishing platform. It's legally in the United States. It's considered more or less on the same level as like an internet service provider. Um, we we provide the space and the software, and then and users do what they do. So that means that the responsibility really is on, is on the person who uploads the information. In the United States, we don't have a law like that. So as far as, I mean, there's no way that the Wikimedia Foundation would be liable for something like that. But I'm not an expert in German law, but it may very well be that those people have a case against the German citizens who publish that information based on their local laws. So in that, in that case, the community decides and it might be like 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 it was uh, in, that, in that case that the German community comes to a different conclusion and that they that they delete that that name of that person uh, from that article and that the, the English community decides okay we keep that name uh, on Wikipedia. Well, the, the the history would still be there, but I guess that's that's besides the point. Um, I've used Wikipedia for many years and love it. And I, I think uh, actually, to to speak to that, there, in, in a in a very egregious case, it is possible to get something okay. removed from it. So you know, if you if something is just totally slanderous, clearly wrong, there's a process where you can have an administrator, or someone who does have higher technical privileges, remove it from the administrator. Okay. Yeah. Um, my experience has been that the the the, the quantity has certainly increased and the quality has also improved in the time that I've used Wikipedia. And I've even, in, in the time I've been at the Kennedy School, I've seen three separate professors in a class had a slide where the only source was Wikipedia. Um, and that was unthinkable just a couple of years ago. I'm, I'm sure they breached all sorts of harbor standards by doing that. Um, and my, my, the point of my question is, you mentioned 100,000 active editors. There was a story one or two or three years ago about the number of editors in Wikipedia was diminishing and Wikipedia's role was going to be less important going forward. Can you share maybe a little bit about the experience of how the community is involved, <coughs> particularly when it comes to how you manage quality alongside quantity? I think there's, there's an important, the, the story, uh, my understanding, is not that the number of contributors is diminishing, but that it's, its climb is slowing. And that is something that we're concerned about. But um, there were a couple of stories that misinterpreted, the, uh, the, like, Data that wasn't necessarily gathered in, in very rigorous, uh, you know, with a rigorous methodology, and they were very, you know, very sensational. And it, but that's we're concerned about the growth in the long run. That's one of the reasons why we have the department, you know, right. Frank's department here that we're doing things like this. Um, but there's no imminent doom. As far as that goes. I have one practical question. Right now, I go back to my room, and I. Thank you. Not only how I read uh, Wikipedia, but uh, there are certain topics they are not allow people, they don't allow people to put, for example, to edit, to have as an entry or edit. Uh, for example, one typical case is the George Bush, because it's so hugely controversial, the unfamous uh, former president. Uh, is that true still? 
specifically with regards to that page? No, 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 just in general. Yes. It, it, so there are tw it's possible to, uh, there, there, there are several things it's possible to do. Um, an individual user, uh, you know, editor can be blocked from editing. Um, also, an article can be protected from edits from simply anonymous users, or it can be protected so that only uh, administrators can make changes to it. And there, so there's a there's a very strong ethic that it should be the most minimal level of protection possible. But in a case like that one, you know, the the sitting president of the U.S. there's always going to be uh, if, if it was completely open to anyone editing it, it would just be sort of a firestorm of, oh, of useless. And so, you know, that would probably be at the level where anonymous edits can't be made, but still that anyone with a, with a user account can make a change. It can be changed very dynamically. So if there's a controversy that comes up today and all of a sudden it's getting unmanageable, someone can increase the level of protection, and then if it dies down a week or two later, then they can
for running out of time. Thank you very much for.